Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Instructor Podcast, where every week we're joined by experts and innovators, leaders and game changers, so we can hold a mirror up at the instructor industry and see where we can improve and raise our standards. So if you're ready, we'll make a start. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Instructor Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Terry Cook of TC Drive. If you're enjoying these shows, make sure you go give it a follow, link, subscribe, wherever you're listening on, so they drop into your feed every Sunday and with the occasional bonus episode through the week. And when you've done that, if you're feeling extra nice, Go leave us a nice little five-star review as well, and maybe even share it with your friends on social media. Today, I am joined by someone I'm incredibly fond of, the health strategist, nutritionist, sleep science coach, stress management coach, NLP practitioner, all-round food ninja, the wonderful Haley Field, who comes in to drop some awesome knowledge, all based around eating better, sleeping better, and managing stress, and what we can do as business owners, which is what we are as driving instructors, business owners, what we can do to actually make our lives and our business better, which is essentially what this podcast is about. It's aimed to help you become better instructors, help us have better businesses, and help us have better lives. Instructor Health, Self and Wealth. We're also joined by Chris Benstead of the DITC, who after missing last week because it was a bit of a slow week on the news, we've actually got two little segments today, one of which with the DICC talking about the new um, recruitment policies from the DVSA and the updates on testing or the way the DVSA has updated us on testing and also talking about the new email from Love Dear Rider and the survey that comes along with that. So make sure you stop to the end to listen to that. As always, if you head over to the show notes, you can find links for everything for me, everything for the DITC and also everything for Haley Field. But for now, let's make a start to the show. So, welcome to the Instructor Podcast, and we are joined today by the splendid and motivational Haley Field. How are you today, Haley? I'm actually really good. I'm a morning person, so you've chosen to record this at exactly the right time. <laughs> good stuff. Um, so, I'm going to get straight into it. Um, I'm going to ask you just to tell us a little bit about yourself, a bit about your past, your journey to get where you are now, and, and what you're doing with yourself now. Okay, well, I'll try and keep this short. <laughs> we both know that's a lie. <laughs> so I am a health strategist and everyone's probably thinking what the fuck is that um, so I specialize in working with business owners and entrepreneurs on all aspects of their health so I'm a qualified nutritionist sleep science coach stress management coach NLP practitioner CBT practitioner lots of other shit that I don't want to talk about because otherwise it'll just uh, make me sound like a <laughs> big-headed idiot. Um, but I help, help entrepreneurs focus on their health 
so that they can see the benefits obviously in their home life and whatever but also in their business because if they are healthier then their profits tend to be healthier as well so it's helping people make that connection between um looking after the biggest asset in their business which is them um so that's what i do currently um i am also known as the food ninja because that is the name of my company and it was a nickname that was given to me when i first started um, about seven years ago. So I've been running my business for about, well, it'll be seven years in June. Um, <clears throat> and before that, I was a boring IT contractor. So um, I worked for a lot of corporates um, as a software development manager, a business change manager, all that kind of boring shiz. Um, and was paid very well for it didn't really fit in very well because as you know Terry I'm a little bit rebellious so not really not really cut out for the corporate world um but because it was incredibly well paid I didn't really kind of I wasn't really able it's not that's wrong to say I wasn't able to leave I could have left at any time but it was harder because of the money so um the catalyst for me eventually giving up that 20-year career was I in 2014 I broke my back um, and because I was a contractor at the time I didn't have any sick pay or anything like that so um, I while I was waiting for my surgery I waited for my surgery for four months I spent four months in bed off my face on morphine and other fun drugs and I start that's where I started my business from so I started it from my bed with just my laptop um, I started kind of helping out people at the CrossFit gym that, that I was in I'd been kind of helping them before but I, I started to kind of um, help them in a more professional capacity and that's kind of how I started my business um, and then I ran away to Spain for five years I lived in Ibiza for five years on a whim I'm quite impulsive um, yeah I ran away to Spain for five years and then I came back um, two years ago so yeah that's a very short potted history <laughs> so there's a lot to dig into there but <laughs> yeah. I, I think the thing that amused me the most with that was i always tell people when i call on this podcast or try and tell people you can swear uh, and most of them do when we get about halfway through they kind of let their hair down a little bit second sentence with Haley, what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> so, you didn't expect anything different did you no <laughs> no I think that's why I've got you on a little bit later in this series. We know we'll bring Haley in once people are used to it. Um, all right. So, uh, but one thing I do like to ask people to begin with is because uh, obviously this podcast is aimed primarily at driving instructors. I know that other yeah. people are getting things from it as well. But I'd like to hear a little bit about your driving experience, about when you learned to drive, how you found your lessons, how you found your test, how was your instructor, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guess it, well, this might be a little bit interesting. Uh, slightly so I didn't learn to drive until I was 33 years old um and the reason for that um is I had quite a bad uh drug problem for a number of years I was a functioning addict and I went to rehab twice which is kind of part of the reason why I work with people on their health but that's another story um so it wasn't really safe for me to learn to drive before that if I'm completely honest um but I learned to drive when I was 33 I had a brilliant instructor called Craig he was 
super nice. Um, and funnily enough, he actually taught my daughter to drive years later as well. She passed her test with him. Um, I wasn't a nervous driver, I don't think, but I did fail my first test. So it, I failed my first test because when we came out of the test centre, you immediately turn into a really steep hill. Um, and they asked me to do a hill start straight away. And I thought I'd fucked it up. So for the rest of the test, I was just <laughs> like, oh, fuck this shit. And I was just like driving or whatever. I was like, I don't care. I failed it straight away. And then when we got back to the test center, I was like, I know I failed. And the, the guy was like, I said, I know it's the hill start. He went, actually, it wasn't that. It was something else <laughs> later on. <laughs> but yeah, I basically failed my first one. Um, but the second one I passed, which was fine. Um, but yeah, my instructor was lovely, Craig. And like I said, he taught Lily, my daughter, how to drive years later. Um, but my first car was a Fiat Panda. Had a sort of metallic blue Fiat Panda for a while. Um, yeah, and then I, I uh, crashed that. I had quite a bad accident on the motorway. Um, when I was driving back from Manchester with a on Christmas Eve with a boot full of Christmas shopping <clears throat> and I was driving down the motorway and what I didn't know had happened before I got there is there'd been a guy in the fast lane and a guy in the middle lane and the guy in the fast lane realized he had to get off at the next junction so he cut straight across clipped the back of the other guy's car so it span round and it was straddling two lanes and I came round a slight bend in the motorway and saw him too late and crashed into him. I broke my collarbone, wrote off my car. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was that was a little. I've been driving a little while after that. I mean, I'm not sure what's more annoying there: the chap that's cut across all the lanes, or the fact that you're referred to as a fast lane. Oh, sorry, whatever. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> All the instructors listen to this. They go, oh my God. <laughs> no, but um, the other thing that me was beside there was uh, I think last year you came into to my group for learners. You did a talk for my learners, and mm. that kind of went in a slightly different direction to what we planned. And I remember you were talking about nerves and stuff, and, mm. and you were saying that. Just remember, if you make a mistake, don't mean you failed. Just carry on as if it happened, you know. Um, so yeah, you clearly learned from your own advice there, which is good. But this, this, that was you know, 13, 14 years ago, and I was a much, uh, a much more hot-headed than I am now. So yeah, maybe now I would take my own advice. Um, but yeah, um, actually, this isn't a fun fact, but I don't actually have a car or drive any at, currently at the moment. Um, I had a car I, when I moved to Ibiza I bought a Mitsubishi Montero which I loved um, and was actually really good at driving at the on the wrong side of the road um, and I really enjoyed it and I haven't bought a car since I came back to the UK because as you know I'm a big fan of walking but also it actually felt a bit odd to drive on this side of the road and I was a bit like oh I'm not sure if I can get back in the habit so I don't currently drive, but I am thinking about getting a car maybe in the not too distant future. And if you need refresher lessons, you know where to uh, come. I will. I'll come all the way up to Yorkshire uh, yeah. from Brighton. <laughs> we'll go for a walk in Ilkley. Um, the, the other thing I found interesting there, actually, just from a personal point, was you were kind of 
singing the praise of your instructor mm. and talking to different people on this podcast that there doesn't seem to be much middle ground they either hated them or they loved them you know and mm. i found that quite interesting i would have thought the more people i asked would have just been like yeah just you know trevor taught me or, or you know but it's yeah. it, it, you either seem to remember him for the right reason or the wrong reason so it's good that you had a good experience yeah he was craig is very a very calm person and as you know i'm not particularly <laughs> or i definitely wasn't then um so yeah he was just you know he was just very encouraging very calm i felt very safe in the car with him yeah cool so yeah you mentioned walking before and yeah. one of the reasons or i suppose the biggest reason i got you onto this podcast today is to, to give us and, and the people some mm -hmm. some advice on, on health and what, what we can do and one of the big things that, that when I worked with you, you encouraged me to do and, and that you talk about publicly a lot is, is walking and steps. Yes. Why is that so important? Um, I call steps my little multi-beneficial um, sort of, you know, it's a really a way to really sort of pack a punch in terms of your health because obviously a lot of people come to me initially for fat loss because they don't realize they need all to sort out all the other stuff that goes with it so apart from what you stick in your gob right steps is the second biggest contributing factor to maintaining a healthy weight or in fact losing weight if you want to uh, and that's because you know most people think oh my god I have to spend fucking hours in the gym killing myself and doing loads of cardio and all that kind of stuff Actually, there have been so many studies to show that um, when you do an give yourself an absolute fucking beasting in the gym, right? And I and I can actually give you anecdotal evidence as well as scientific evidence, um, because when I used to do CrossFit, I would go and do a workout, absolutely fucking beast myself for about an hour, burn maybe four or five hundred calories, but then I would sort. I've done this so many times. Go home. Um, go and get my stuff ready for a shower and then find, wake up three hours later in the fetal position on my bed because I've just been so fucking knackered that um, I've kind of fallen asleep. And that is proven in a lot of scientific studies is when you exercise intensely, you A, become hungrier, so you eat more um, that day or the next day, and B, you move around a lot less because you, you're fucking dying on the sofa or in bed or whatever. Whereas with steps, you can do them for a lot longer. So you can walk for two, three or very recently, I uh, walked for seven and a half hours the other day uh, with my boyfriend who was absolutely overjoyed at the prospect of walking for seven and a half hours. We walked 32 kilometers, um, 20 miles in old money. Um, but obviously you can burn a lot of calories and then you're not dying at the end of it, right? If you go for a two hour walk, you can burn 800, 900, 1000 calories, more probably. I'm a small person, so that's, that's how many I burn. But then you can just go about your daily business, right? So that, that weight maintenance, you know, maintaining a healthy weight, that aspect of it, that's a big um, benefit but also the mental and emotional health benefits. If you can go outside and walk in nature, uh, there's quite a famous study done by a group of German scientists that um, gave people creative tasks to do. So they made them go out for a walk. Some of them got to walk in a lovely park with birds and trees and all nature shit, right? And then some of them had to walk around the streets in the city. 
and they, they were then given two creative tasks to do. And the people who'd walked outside in nature performed much better with the creative tasks. So that's kind of how I sell it to my business owners, right? Because obviously business owners, we are strange people. We're like, oh my God, I can't do this. It takes me away from working on my business. And I'm like, actually, it's a benefit to your business. It makes you <clears throat> calmer, more creative, more focused. It's uh, meditative for the mind. So it's just a multi-beneficial, you know, get outside, get some vitamin D on your skin. Very important at the moment because uh, we've all been locked inside for so long. Um, it's just a very sort of multi-beneficial thing to do. So that is why I'm a big fan. And also it can be super challenging. You know, I'm doing a 100 kilometer walk over the South Downs in 30 hours in September, which means I've got to walk up and down hills for 30 hours, no stopping, no sleep overnight when it's dark. So you can make walking as hard or as easy as you want it to be. And that's, um, is that for charity as well that you're doing that? It is, it's for Oxfam, yeah. So uh, can people donate so if they want? They can. I will send you the Just Giving page um, and hopefully you can share it with your listeners. Will do. Um, just regarding walking, I think it's also some of the, uh, I'm going to say everyone can do it, I know physically everyone can do it, but everyone's able to do it in the sense that we can all walk somewhere. You know, yeah. even if you, you might live in a, a busy, you know, high density, you know, yeah. housed area you can still walk around there. So it's something yeah. we all get access to. And I think it's interesting what you were saying about the sort of the meditative and the, the creative aspect of it, because when I used to walk, um, I used to always have the headphones used on. used to walk. I hope you're still walking, Terry. Because of the headphones. I used to walk <laughs> with the headphones on. Um, now when I go for a shorter walk, I don't take the headphones. Yeah. And I find that that's a lot more relaxing. Yeah. And I come back and I will almost feel like I've been meditating and I'll feel more refreshed when yeah. I go for a longer walk I need the headphones I get bored yeah. of what it keeps yeah. me going but yeah Definitely, I think it, yeah. it's not something I would have thought of before I worked with you but I think mm. it's it's right just a question on the walking um I read somewhere I think I don't know whether it in a walking magazine they were suggesting like taking weights when you're walking so like, I know that obviously if you're going on a hike you'll take a backpack but yeah. you know would you recommend maybe taking a sack of potatoes or something like that? Or... <laughs> um, well, as you know, I'm a big fan of potatoes, um, but no, I wouldn't really re recommend a sack of potatoes. Um, but, you know, you can buy a weighted vest if that's your thing. You know, I mean, I would say start off easy, right? Because if we make, you know, and this is a common theme with health habits, right? If you make it mega fucking difficult to get started, like I've never walked, you know, more than a mile in my life. And now I've bought a 20 pound weighted vest and I'm going to hike up that hill for five miles. You're not going to do it, are you? Or you might do it the first day. You think, fuck that, not, not doing that anymore. So always make it very easy to start. So I use this a lot with my clients it's like a motivational interviewing technique where you get them to commit to something so easy that it's embarrassing if they don't do it right and then once they've done it once the easy thing and every time I do it like if I say to someone um do you reckon you could walk to the end of the road and back and they're like or I might say to them do you think you could walk to the park which is a mile away oh probably not like I've got work to do blah 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 oh I'm like okay do you reckon you can walk to the end of your road and back um yeah probably blah, blah. okay okay well can you walk to the end of your garden and back oh my god yeah of course I can do that 
I'm like, right, we'll just do that. Oh, but I can work, walk further than that. No, just do that. Just do that. And what happens is obviously they come back the next week and they're like, yeah, I've been walking fucking miles because you've made it so easy that it's embarrassing if they don't do it. So you want to do that to yourself and sort of trick yourself into that mindset when you're thinking about how to be healthy. Yeah, I've, I've been on the receiving end of your ninja mind tricks. Um, My ninja mind tricks. Yeah, I can remember when we first started working and, and your big goal for me was to eat more protein. And that, that was it in that first week. And I remember coming away from his first call thinking, fucking protein, I'm not going to lose weight, just having an extra bit of, you know, whatever. And that's getting, not annoyed, but like, this ain't going to work, is it? And then all of a sudden you see it work, it's like, oh yeah. I can do this. But I think the one that, you know, when I were walking and you, you were getting me to increase my, my daily steps, and I was, then I come on call to you and they're like, I've been for a jog. You know, I've been jogging today. It's like, that's your ninja mind tricks in action. You know, <laughs> It's like, I, I, you suddenly start seeing you can do this more. It is one of the things I was going to ask you actually about that, that going from zero to 100%, because yeah. that used to be a big thing I was guilty of. I'd mm. go in all in on summer yeah. and then fail miserably and then give up. Yeah. Yeah. Is is there, I know you kind of touched on that before, but is there, a, what advice would you give someone doing that? I know it's just one step in front of the other sort of thing. But. Well, as you can imagine with the, <clears throat> the set of people that I work with, you know, business owners by definition, like I said, we're fucking weird, right? A lot yeah. of us own businesses because we're not employable and we're just weird people who like have to give, you know, to be a business owner and and give up the comfort of having a monthly wage takes a certain type of person right it means we don't really like comfort so we're like we'll do something either 100 miles an hour or not at all so I have to deal with this kind of thing with basically every single client that I deal with and it's about you know Yes, I teach people to eat well, to sleep well, to manage their stress and all that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing that I have to teach business owners or, or kind of encourage them to do is to have balance because they another thing with business owners is they don't like mediocre right? Because they want to be an amazing business owner. Their business is going to be the fucking best. Their podcast is going to be the best podcast ever, right? All that kind of stuff. So if you say to them, a bit of balance, they're like, oh, well, that sounds a bit mediocre and boring. Um, and it's a really hard mindset switch, you know, and I, I say to people, you have to slow down to speed up. If you want your, <coughs> your business to be amazing, you have to be around to run it with full energy every day. You cannot do that if you're doing everything at 100 miles an hour. It's absolutely impossible. I know all business owners, we all think we're fucking super, you know, superman, superwoman, super whatever. But, you know, we're not. So it's teaching that balance, which is really hard. So I have to trick people into doing things which sounds awful it sounds like I'm using some kind of like mind melding shit right but um you have to show people that even doing something in a smaller way will actually have benefit um so like I said most people come to me for for fat loss not realizing that the reason they can't maintain a healthy weight is because they're stressed out all the time they work too much they can't sleep properly like all of this other shit you know they've got people the wrong people around them you know no habits no routines um so initially to get people's buy-in I have to 
pick the biggest thing that I know, the smallest thing that will have the biggest impact. So for instance, if we talk about you, I knew that if I could get you to eat more protein, you would start to feel better. Then you'd have a bit more energy, a bit more focus, and then you'd be more inclined to be able to do more stuff. So it's having to, it's looking at each client individually and trying to figure out what is that one thing that's going to be relatively easy, that's going to, it's almost like having a hook, right? So I've got to find the hook for that person to, and then once I've found that hook, they tend to trust me with other stuff. So that's when I started to teach about the balance, working a bit less. So even things like, you know, taking a lunch break, if I can get someone to stop for 20 minutes, eat their lunch, not in front of their laptop, not while they're checking their emails, not while they're fucking doom scrolling and arguing with someone on Twitter. Um, They find that they get a lot more shit done in the afternoon. Like who knew, right? Um, So I guess it, it's just having to, I talk a lot about, and this isn't my thing. This is from James Clear, right? The guy guy who wrote, um, I've forgotten the name of the (laughs) Um, the habit guy right? atomic habits yes yeah so I think it's his concept anyway or I've I've got it from somewhere and adapted it to myself so I talk a lot about gas burners so if you imagine like your work like you know your business your relationships your family your health your hobbies all that kind of stuff they're all gas burners right when most people come to me, they've got fucking everything turned up to 10, right? Imminent explosion, right? If it, it's just all going on in their kitchen. So they've got all the gas burners turned up to 10, apart from health. It's normally like a zero, one yeah. sometimes. Um, but I say to them, you know, if you operate all these burners on 10, you are going to run out of gas. It's going to get expensive pretty quick in terms of time, health. You know, because what happens if you've got all these burners on 10? You have a fucking breakdown, right? I've had people come to me because they've ended up in A&E, like hooked up to a heart monitor because they've got so stressed out, like having all their burners up to 10, that that's what happens, right? And then where's your business? There's no one else to run it. You know, if you want longevity in your business, you've got to have longevity in your health. So I teach them about, okay, so what burner are we working on this month? If it's your health, let's turn that up to a sort of seven and eight. You're going to have to turn something else down. I'm sorry. You know, and it's just trying to find that special combination for each person. And it changes. Obviously, it's a dynamic situation, right? It changes from month to month. Sorry, I feel like I talked a lot about that and no. probably not answered your question. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you definitely did. I mean, that gas burners, uh, you know, that's the analogy that really sunk in for me <laughs> when you said that one to me. That was, uh, uh, yeah, that that's, that made it click for me because I suddenly mm. realised, oh, crap, I'm doing all this. Yeah. But there's this one over here that's not not working and that, that was the health. And oddly enough, when I turn that health gas burner up, I can actually turn the others down a bit and still get the same amount done. Yeah, like you said, we had that in it. Um, It is because you know things like on on my famous sheet. I know you love my sheet, (laughs) Harry. Um, Just for the listeners, I have a massive uh, data sheet that I get people to collect all sorts of data (laughs) about their health on. And this, it's no coincidence that the I ask people how many hours they've worked 
in one column. I don't know if you remember this column, uh, Terry. And in yes. the column next to it, there's a score productivity, one to 10. I can't tell you how many people put 12 hours worked, productivity score three. And when they do that, I know that they are suffering from stress because what's happening there is they're procrastinating. They're working all the fucking hours, doing busy work on stuff that doesn't matter, procrastinating about shit because they are stressed out. And that is a classic example of having those, but they think they've got those burners turned up to 10. I'm working on my business, 10. I'm, you know, sleep is for wimps, all that fucking hustle and grind shit, right? But they are, they've got the burner that turned up to 10 and nothing's fucking happening. They haven't got a saucepan on it because they're not making anything. It's just up to 10, like burning away, right? So, yeah, sorry. I've <laughs> oh. a little mini rant about no. that. It's a good rant though. And and again, I'm it's easy to use me as the example. Um I used to go out and deliver lessons and I, my lessons are generally two hours, so I'd do three or four a day and I and I'd just plow into it all week and I won't get much sleep and I won't eat properly. And I'd deliver decent lessons. In my yeah. head, I'd think they were great. But looking back, they were decent lessons. And I start prioritizing my health. And I'll sorry, I'd come home and I'd sleep. I yeah. get a takeaway and I'd sleep and then I'd get up the next day and it'd be that same thing over and yeah. over. Whereas now, yeah, I still deliver a similar number of lessons. I've reduced it slightly, but a similar number of lessons, but my lessons are better. I'm more switched on, I'm more focused. I'm doing so much more around that and outside of that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping better, even though I'm probably sleeping a bit less, I'm sleeping yeah. better. And it's all just because I put the focus on my health. Um, yeah. And is that something you see with, all your clients would you say yeah absolutely I mean (coughs) without sounding too wanky about it I don't have any clients that don't leave me in a better position um because just purely because of the way I work so obviously with my one-to-one as you know Terry it's like I don't half-ass it I go full ass right (laughs) I'm in if you're in I'm in right and you don't get any escape or let up (laughs) which makes it sound like a horrible experience but it's not really but yeah I get that with all of my you know I I have a lot of my clients have you know what I call a bit of an epiphany moment right at some point along their journey I hate saying journey it sounds like the fucking x factor but you know (laughs) um the biggest one that I have a lot of the time so as business owners you know that we get to where we are in our business by I'm going to do more of this year I'm going to work longer hours I'm going to do more this and put more money into it do more 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 right just just pour everything into it more 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 like go 100 miles an hour you know work 20 hour days be part of the fucking 4am club don't get me started on that shit (laughs) so more 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 right and they think when they first come to me I'm like right we're going to make you healthy as fuck and you're going to be an amazing business owner okay health right so we do the same thing yeah more 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 like more restriction more exercise more this more that I'm like oh no 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 (laughs) The, the principles that you've used to be successful up until this point, they're worth shit, mate. They are not going to work with your health. And everyone's, you know, they they kind of, I mean, I never say that to them, right? Because I'd have no clients. <laughs> <laughs> but when they get to the point where they're like, oh, I can't do that with my health. I have to do something different. Like, that's when I know, right, I've got them now. Now we can sort of, <laughs> sorry, I sound like I'm like, I've got them now. <laughs> 
It's not like I'm into tricking everyone. It's all from a place of love, Terry. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's when I know that they're like, oh, okay, right, we have to do something different. But it's so alien to them. And, you know, I work with people who are super successful, right? Some people like six, seven figure businesses and, and all that kind of stuff. Super successful people. But, you know, they struggle with that because they only know one way of being successful and I'm trying to teach them a different way and they're all a bit like oh it's very uncomfortable for them but once we get through that phase then yeah you know everyone gets um no I'm not actually I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from saying it everyone gets amazing results and I'm super proud of that um you should be proud of that I think one of the things that that drew me into one of the things I've always been impressed by you is how open and honest you are you know and, and on your social you'll openly talk about things that you struggled with in the past and yeah. and even around your health you know it's not like you're coming out and saying I'm perfect be like me you'll you'll use the <laughs> dog's trying to get in room here. <laughs> you'll use the examples of you to, to help mm. the benefit of others so I just wondered if you could share an example of, of where you've struggled and how you've overcome that yeah oh my god it's terrible <laughs> massive list right so obviously I've touched on the fact that I you know I was a functioning drug addict for 20 years um you know not 20 probably you know not the, the not the serious bit of it but probably at least 10 12 years um and you know there's there's all sorts of reasons for that we don't need to go into but um yeah that that was you know a really difficult point in my life and I was probably the unhealthiest that that you could possibly be right I went I went to um some facilities twice you know I I kind of had some quite serious hospital admissions that kind of thing um and I and I that's why I kind of have an affinity with I guess with business owners right because we all have those type of personalities right where we just are you know we have to do something like a hundred percent and and that's that's I'm not going to say addictive personality because there is no such thing right um but yeah I mean that that's a period of my life that I struggled with a lot um and then when I decided to get healthy um you know I then replaced my addiction with being addicted to being healthy right so I um massively overtrained. I competed in lots of different things uh, and then I massively overtrained so much that I broke my back um I had a condition called spondylolisthesis which I didn't know about which is a, a birth defect uh, where your spine hasn't grown all the way round, and also your vertebrae and not one of my vertebrae was not in line with the rest of my spine so when they did an MRI they found over 20 historical fractures in my back but I made it worse by doing extreme CrossFit like six seven times a week right more than that sometimes on Saturdays I used to do three sessions sometimes um and that's really was the, what I call the last bit of my recovery because even though I'd obviously you know was cleaned from taking drugs and stuff like that I just essentially replaced one thing for another um, and then when I broke my back like I talk a lot about identity right and I know that we've had those conversations before is you know until you change your idea you know, we can all change habits right 
So yes, I changed my habit of being a drug addict, right? And I swapped it for a habit of, you know, exercising and stuff. Um, but until you change your identity, you know, I was still identifying as, if you like, you know, this addictive person, addictive personality, but I'd managed to sort of leave that kind of drug addict alter ego, if you like, behind. And then what I did is I decided that I'm going to be a healthy person now. That's what I'm, I'm going to be. How can I be the healthiest that I'm ever going to be, right? So I changed my identity and I became this CrossFitter who was into nutrition and I retrained in nutrition and all these things. Um, and when I broke my back and I was not able to do CrossFit and I wasn't the healthy person, you know, that persona, I was really lost because I'd lost my, this new identity that I'd fought really hard to have. I lost it. It was taken away from me. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. And, and in CrossFit, there's a big community as well, right? So as well as having that taken away from you, you have that. It, it sounds weird, right? But when I started CrossFit, um, I started to socialize with people and I did not realize that you could socialize with people without drinking alcohol or taking drugs and that sounds horrible right because when I started CrossFit I was in my mid-30s and up until that point I didn't realize that you could socialize with people without taking drink you know drink or drugs um so I had this whole new life that I loved you know so socializing was going paddleboarding and stuff it wasn't getting absolutely fucking wasted right it wasn't staying at home on my own and taking drugs which was you know the point that I'd got to before um so when I kind of lost that identity I realized then that I'd swapped one thing for another and I had to work on myself as a person and not have this kind of you know these various identities or I kind of had one for each group of friends which was a bit weird um I'm not sure where I'm going with this really. I guess what I'm trying to say is it, during that time, I realized that I'd kind of got a bit lost in, in doing all sorts of things, you know, exercise, CrossFit and whatever. So I then had to work on myself and take a long, hard look at myself and, um, and also something else that had affected me quite a lot is now that I'd had got this new business and I was working in this industry, the pressure to look a certain way um, was huge, right? The pressure to be healthy was huge. And I went down that this route of being this kind of deliciously fucking Ella nutritionist, right? Like I cook everything from scratch. I was a clean eating wanker and, you know, like everything had to be like perfect. And I, you know, I had to do this perfectly as well, you know? Um, and then as I've kind of gone through my career and worked with more clients, I've realized that, actually you it's not I don't like this fit pro persona right I don't like these fucking Instagram influencers and models and people who are super fit and healthy or so they tell you because let me tell you someone who is 10% 8% body fat maintaining that is has not got good eating habits <clears throat> um, or a good relationship with food right and and that's when I decided that I had to be honest about um you know, that that I I struggle with these things. I struggled with the fact that over lockdown, I put weight on and then I started to feel like a fraud and feel like, 
um, you know, I'm telling everyone else how to be healthy, but I can't be healthy. I haven't got balance. I've put weight on. I've emotionally ate. You know, I, I moved to a new city in the middle of lockdown and I didn't know anyone at all. So I think it's really important to be really honest, not too honest. I mean, I have had some feedback that, you know, maybe I shouldn't tell people that I used to take drugs and to which I say, you know, fuck you if you don't like that, because it means that I have got a lot of tools in my toolbox that someone else who hasn't been through that experience doesn't have. Right. Um, and, you know, I work with people who are have you know, issues with food and all sorts of things. So it, it helps in that respect. But I guess what I'm saying, sorry, this is a very long monologue, Terry. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is I made a decision to be honest about the struggles that I have with my health. Um, I don't care if that doesn't put me in the fitspo bracket with all the other dickheads, because I don't want to be in that bracket, right? With my Gymshark leggings on on Instagram with my ass in everyone's face. I don't want that. I want to show people that this is the reality of it. And I, you know, even I feel pressured to look a certain way because of the job I do and that is not right. And I think the more we're honest about the struggles that we have, um, then, you know, that enables other people to do that as well. I think uh, there's a lot of interesting points there and I think when I introduced you I called you motivational and that's why because I think you are I think the way you put stuff across is is brilliant and I can relate to it and I think it's easy to take what you said and put it into your own situation and, and you know like you were saying about drinking uh, when I stopped drinking and admittedly it was for different reasons to you but when I stopped drinking I'd get questions what do you do for fun like, <laughs> I still do fun I just don't drink <laughs> You know, and like when I went vegan, it's what do you eat? I eat like a fucking king, you know. <laughs> I just don't eat meat and dairy, that's it. Yeah. You know? But also I think it's brilliant how you've used the the past to shape who you are now mm. and use it to your advantage now. And again, I'm I use myself as a lot of examples in these podcasts. And I can never remember I, I failed my driving test when I learned to drive 15 years ago. I either failed four times or passed fourth time I can't remember which but it, you mm. know I didn't have a good experience learning to drive and for years that that, that dogged me but it's like mm. I use that to my advantage now on lessons yeah I can my students pass before I did you know they pass first yeah. and second time I passed fourth time you know and, and you can almost uh, I think it's great when you have <clears throat> not great when you have an experience like that it's not nice at the time but I think it's good because it shows you like, this is how I don't want to do it, right? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be a driving instructor, I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want people to have that experience. I almost want to do the opposite of that. So I think it is, you know, even though it's not nice at the time, it's a good reference point, right? To say, I don't want to be like this. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of a bit of what this podcast is about. It's about showing people there's another way, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's, changing the way you teach i'm not just driving instructors because i'm said getting feedback from other people but yeah. where it's changing the way you teach changing the way you look after yourself changing the way you sleep you know whatever it might be there's there's a i'm reluctant to use the word better because i know everyone's different yeah. but there's there's a different way and it's worth mm. trying and i think that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and small business owners so i'm including instructors in that kind of fall into being business owners it's yeah. not 
you know, so I'm going to be an entrepreneur and then work out <laughs> how to be an entrepreneur. And the ones who say that are complete wankers. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And you're like, no, mate, you're going to sell a course on how to become an entrepreneur and that's how you're going to make money. Anyway, <laughs> don't yeah. get me started on that. <laughs> Do you think that that's where the, the health thing stems from? Because all of a sudden, like, you, you start your business up and then suddenly you realize, oh, crap, I've got to run my business, but I've also got to market. I've also got to mm-hmm. learn how to do my tax return. Do I get an accountant? You know, all this yeah. stuff. And that, do you find that gets then prioritized because there's a panic over that rather than actually I need to sleep more than three hours every night? Yeah, because when you start a business, I think, you know, there are suddenly lots of new things to learn. <laughs> And you probably don't have the revenue to outsource those things to experts. So then you've got to spend a lot of time. You know, I I go through this thing with people um, because obviously I can never quite let go of that project management hat. Right. So I do use that to my advantage when I work with clients. So we do a little bit of productivity type stuff, a little bit of sort of organization, you know, I can talk about I've got a client called Kristen she doesn't mind me talking about this because she's talked about it openly in some videos and stuff but um when she came to me she's the person who was hooked up to a heart monitor right in February because she had so stressed um she came to me she owns a very successful gym so she's a gym owner um when she came to me, she was, I said, write down a list of everything you're doing in your business. And I'm not joking. She was doing everything down to filling up the hand sanitizer in the toilets. From that to coaching, to accounts, to making her own logo and graphic, like every, every fucking thing she was doing. Um, so I got her to go through and categorize, um, you know, the three different, you know, we we call one pound, five pound, one pound, ten pound, or fifty pound jobs, right? I think did I do this with you as well? You had to look at it, didn't so. we? So kind of like the one pound jobs, you know, anyone can do those. You should be delegating all of those. The ten pound jobs, they're kind of more skilled. So maybe you have either got time to do them yourself or you've got money to delegate them out. So things like, you know, for, for me, like I, I like doing videos, but I can't fucking edit them. I could I learn? probably yeah how long would it take me too long I'd rather spend that time talking to clients so I outsource that then the 50 pound jobs are the things that only you can do in your business only you can teach your students right only I can talk to my clients that you should be spending all of your time doing that um so I think that you know and the reason I do that with my clients is because if they can get a handle on that it reduces stress if they're less stressed, they're more likely to adhere to all the healthy stuff that I'm trying to get them to do. So it's all interlinked, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. When you start off, I think, because you're trying to do all of that, you, you know, Kristen is a brilliant example. Someone doing all of that in their business and ends up in A&E. Like it's, it's, and she's a gym owner, you know, <laughs> so she's got access to, but it just goes to show, you know, in such, you know, in the same vein that I was talking about earlier where, I used to feel an awful lot of pressure to try and be healthy because of my job, right? We've all got shit going on. Um, and regardless of what you've got access to and what resources and stuff, you've got to have, when you're in it, when you're in your business, like it's very easy for me to come along, oh, we should delegate this X, Y, Z. And you're like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? You didn't think of that because you're in your business. Yeah. It's the same way that, you know, I... I 
can't do that sometimes because I'm very emotionally attached to my business because it's something that I I feel like it's something good that came out of all the bad experiences that I had and also I set it up when I'm off my face on morphine in my bed you know it's come from a very sort of um it's come from a hard place I'm very emotionally attached to it so I have a mentor who helps me with my business stuff because even though I know it I'm too attached to it to make rational decisions all of the time yeah one of the hardest things I ever did was asking for help but I find that when you ask for help it then gets easier you know yeah. you ask someone else and then you suddenly realize a benefit of that help yeah and and see the impact but so I'll just bring it back to, uh, to I suppose, driving instructors in particular, but mm. I suppose this applies to everyone again. I'm, we've spoke before about an, an average day as an instructor. Now, again, yeah. it's going to be different for everyone, but I'll kind of run through what mine used to be like. So mm. it was, I'd do an 8 till 10 in the morning. I'd yeah. do uh, 10.30 till 12.30. I'd usually have a bit of lunch, so then I might do a 1.30 till 3.30, and then I'd do like 4 till 6. Come yeah. on, grab some tea. Watch, uh, grab some tea, sit down in front of the TV, then go to bed. Yeah, it's not the the healthiest <laughs> lifestyle in the world, but we, I think the big thing is we're cooped up in that car all day long. So whether it's mm-hmm. you're sat in uh, an office and you're stuck in your your chair all day, whether it's you're sat in a car, whether it's you're a lorry driver and you you know whatever, movement is the key there to get out and move. But what yeah. what suggestions would you have how to incorporate that in a in a day like that? So for sure, like when you can get outside, you should get outside. And I know that is difficult sometimes, but really like this, I say this to people all the time, you own your business, which means you can do whatever the fuck you like, right? So when a business owner says, oh, I haven't got 10 minutes to go and drink my tea outside. I'd be like, why not? Oh, I've got to do such a, who said you need to do that? Oh, I just need to do it. You're the fucking boss. (laughs) Do what you want. Like plan the breaks in you know if you're a driving instructor do not do your lessons back to back to back like that you know it's not good for your concentration levels anyway no one can concentrate for that long you know have a half hour break if you can between lessons I know obviously some people are probably thinking oh god but that's I'm going to miss out on x amount of money right because that's one less lesson per day um but you know, if you, if you do that, you can, if you can have 15 minutes between lessons and just get out of your car and, you know, stroll around a car park, do some yoga in a car park. I know a driving instructor who does that. Um, so, you know, go out, get outside, do that kind of thing. Um, breaks are important. You know, if you're a business owner and you're sat at your desk, you know, I work from home. I do sit at my desk quite a lot, but I will go outside into the garden even and just drink a cup of tea in the garden until I go out for my walk later on. But the big thing here is take responsibility, right? Don't say, oh, I can't do this because I need to do such and such. Like I said, you're in charge. Like you make your own rules. That's why you wanted to run a business. You wanted to be like, if your hours are so set in concrete, you might as well be fucking employed by someone. You should be designing your lifestyle, how you want it, and put fitting your business in around that. And I know that sounds like a terribly privileged thing to say because, you know, oh, maybe you've got enough money to do that more. Like, not every you don't have an, even if you don't have enough money to dictate exactly what you want to do, you know, you can plan in little breaks and you can 
um, you make start to make those breaks bigger because you know the benefit you know I can't stress this enough one of the major benefits of looking after your health is you will make more money and that is and I can tell you that is a fact because that happens with nearly every single person that I work with you know it's not an accident it's not coincidence that all my clients all their businesses end up in better shape in the same way that they do oh again it's a, it's a valid point it's one that you used on me and it's one that worked for me it's I had that attitude of um if I have to do this I can't afford to drop less I can't afford to do this on the other and it's like now I have 90 minutes between lessons not every lesson but a lot of lessons and I utilize that time for different stuff you know whether it's the doing the yoga whether it's doing social media or whatever or just getting out with the car and getting some fresh air and yes yeah. I'm home later but I've done more throughout the day yeah. I might lose an hour in the evening but it's it's not lost because <laughs> I would have done in the evening I'm now doing through yeah. the day and I've also got more energy in the evening when I come home and also like you said it's, it's letting your clients take control yeah be accommodating where you can of course mm-hmm. no one's saying being a dick but yeah if someone wants to move a lesson or if, if, if someone with yourself wants to reschedule a call and you can't, well, no, this is your business. Yeah. You don't, you don't do that. So I think so there's some valid, some really valid points there that I think a lot yeah. of people are scared to use. And I know I was. And it, like in terms of productivity as well, like I, I do a similar thing to you. So I obviously, I have client calls four days, four days a week. I do not I have one cardinal rule I tell my VA when she puts everything I do not do client calls before 12 p.m I just don't because I can either go for a walk go to the gym I can write some content I can record some videos whatever but I do not do client all of my client calls are from 12 onwards four days a week and that is it and like you have the power to do that with your schedule and you should do it on those days when driving instructors are working so whether it's three lessons four lessons whatever a big thing i use struggle with, i know that a lot of instructors struggle with is is energy and focus and you know that then results in mars bars and bottles of lucasade and greg's pasties and, and stuff like that yeah probably not the best food to have when you're trying to get energy <laughs> throughout the day what what would no. you suggest there so it's again applying some some uh it some longer term thinking right so having a mars bar for energy that's short-term thinking right because you know you're going to feel like a whole heap of shit like later on not to say that you shouldn't eat mars bars by the way i'm not one of these cleaning tin wankers you can eat whatever the fuck you like as long as you as long as it fits with your particular goals and you're happy with the consequences right but in terms of um having prolonged periods of energy then you need to be looking at foods that give you energy for a longer period of time so for instance if you are before you set off in the morning breakfast have something like oats right because they are um slow release energy they're very filling you can put some protein powder in them you know i'm a big fan of protein terry um so that gives you carbs, that gives you protein, put some fruit and seeds and nuts, whatever on the top, that can, will give you some more nutrients. So it's about having a nutrient dense diet. You can include Mars bars in that diet. You know, if you've had a bowl of porridge and then later on you want, you know, like a chocolate bar or something, then it's probably going to do, you know, it's not going to 
have as much of a sort of energy spike as it were if you've had nothing to eat all day and then you eat a mars bar that's probably not a good time to eat it but then also having snacks in your car that are obviously things that don't go off i am um when i did have a car i was a serial offender of having empty protein shakers in my car if anyone's ever tried to open and then wash an empty protein shaker when it's been in your car for a few days it's like nuclear waste in there don't do it um so things like you know um nuts fruit you know that that travels well so things like bananas and stuff like that oranges um but yeah having snacks on hand and also having you know you obviously you know your local area well right thinking about what shops are on the way you know what kind of things do they have in those shops if it's greg's there probably isn't an awful lot that's going to be that great for you. If it's stuff like Pret-a-Manger, where you can get, you know, like boiled eggs and spinach in pots, you can get a decent salad, um, you know, stuff like that. So looking at where, even in supermarkets, they now have things like pre-cooked chicken in packs um, and lots of cool stuff like that. I went in Marks and Spencer's yesterday and had a very nice uh, bang bang noodle salad, which was lovely. So I, I would say it's about trying to look at what, what's on your route, what's around you. You know, is a fish and chip shop really the only food place you're going to come across on, on your lessons that day? It probably isn't. So it's all about forward planning. Um, and, you know, because if you're hungry, and you want to grab something quick of course you're going to grab something that's less than optimal so having a few snacks on hand planning your route and thinking about what is going to give you energy in the long term it's going to help or the other option that you um politely persuaded me to do was make your own stuff and take that yeah the issue there exactly i mean that's that is obviously the preferred option i know not everyone's got time to do that but you know just getting a little cool bag or something and keeping things in your car um is going to help you a lot definitely um on the idea of sort of the, the nutrition side of it i suppose mm. uh, hydration is quite yeah. a big thing and yeah. it's a problem for instructors because yeah. because we have those breaks you shot want to go less and less and less and we don't want to go to the toilet yeah. And there has been times in the past where I would get up on the morning and I wouldn't have a drink until 6 p.m. at night. Pre-Haley, pre-Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um, how important is nutrition in that situation? Hydration and, and why, Haley? Why? Hydration is super important, right? Because if you're not well hydrated, nothing works properly. Uh, in particular, um, you're going to get fatigued. You're going to it's going to affect your concentration levels, which I should imagine is a pretty serious thing for a driving instructor. Um, it's going to affect your focus as well. Um, so, you know, particularly, you know, around a lot of brain function stuff, if you are dehydrated, your brain does not work properly. So they, I'm guessing, you know, without catastrophizing things that that could have some pretty serious consequences. Yes, we need concentration as instructors. Um, all right, so the, the last thing I, I want to touch on before we, we wrap up, um, you're the food ninja. I, I came to you for some help. Now, being completely honest, you are not cheap, but you are phenomenally good value. I think Thank there's you. there's a, 
that's something we struggle in our industry as well the difference between expensive and value you know yes. and that side of it but I used to be and a lot of people still are reluctant to, to pay for help so mm. for example did I need uh, a food ninja no I could have done it by myself but would it have been as efficient would it have been as productive would it have been as quick would it have been as beneficial no of course it wouldn't so mm -hmm. I've I've come to you for help but a lot of people are reluctant to go out and pay for that help pay for that development yeah. pay for that assistance what would you say to those people that don't want to pay for the help because I can just do it myself <laughs> well <clears throat> you know everyone knows what they should do right with health everyone knows what they should eat everyone knows what they should be doing everyone knows um in very general terms what they should be doing to look after their health does everyone do it fuck no nobody does it right particularly business owners and i know as business owners they people want results fast right they want the quickest and most efficient way to get to their goal right and the quickest and most efficient way to get to your goal is to have someone who knows what they're doing to help you through it because if you google I don't know, say your main thing is fat loss, right? If you Google fat loss, let me tell you, there's going to be fucking millions of results. Most of those are going to be people trying to sell you shit that doesn't work, right? So yes, I am not the cheapest there is in terms of your health, but I am a one-stop shop for your health, physical, mental, emotional, um, your intellectual health. So I say to people, um I should be the last money that you ever spend on your health like I'm going to give you all the tools you need to be completely autonomous with your health and you will never need to spend money on anyone like me ever again if you apply everything that I've taught you and, and you're a good example of that right Terry because we stopped our one-to-one -one sessions how many months ago uh February I think we stopped February and you've maintained your weight through Just a, a very bit, stressful yeah yeah through a very stressful period so you've and you've continued to sleep well you've continued to um you know maintain a healthy weight or lose a bit of weight you've continued with your walking you've continued with all of the other benefits that you felt right yeah whereas you know you could go to someone who chucks macros at you and berates you once a week for not hitting the macros that isn't going to help a lot of the stuff that i do and I, I talk to people about this a lot. The reason I did all of the other qualifications, right? Because I want, I just wanted to be a nutritionist. I didn't know I was going to do all this other shit, right? But I realized that when I was talking to people, that it was, I was never talking about food. When people come to me with issues with their health, even if they just think, oh, I'm a bit overweight, I need to lose some weight. It is never about food. Let me tell you, it's never about food. It's about um, behavioral issues. It's about some kind of mental or emotional trauma experience, that kind of thing. It's a lifestyle thing where they're just not able to get traction with their healthy habits. Um, so, yes, you can go to a normal fit pro, right, who's going to chuck macros at you and tell you what to eat or give you a meal plan. But you can keep repeating that circle over and over again. When you come to me, I promise to sort all of the health related shit that is holding you and your business back for life. Um, and I can give you examples of lots and lots of people that I've done that for. Um, so it's a very different service. Um, 
so yeah sorry I guess that's all I've got to say about that <laughs> no it's good I just think that you know and I used to be like I said reluctant to ask for help and then even more reluctant to pay for it and I think that we can't do everything ourselves we can get by but mm. it's wise to seek professional help and, and just get better I think yeah um all right so I'm gonna uh, ask you one last question uh slightly putting you on the spot oh no what, if you were to leave us driving instructors with one single piece of advice one tip one takeaway from from today what piece of advice would you leave us with i would tell you to um do an audit now of your gas burners and be very honest with yourself about where you are so have a look at each area business you know, social life, relationships, hobbies, health, all that kind of stuff, and give yourself a score. And that in itself will be a massive eye-opener to you. Excellent. Um, yes, I have done that, and it was. <laughs> so, um, All right, where can people find you? Um, I'll obviously put all these links in the, the show notes so people can go and find them, but where can people find you? And what have you got to promote? So I, um, I'm basically full for one-to-one coaching at the moment so I don't really have any spot I might have one spot coming up soon um but I do have my dojo membership so Terry you're in my dojo Mm -hmm. which is a really cool place to be um so that is that I'll be doing a launch of that or opening the doors on the dojo this month sometime um so the dojo is a place where you can get lots of support, accountability, uh, resources, worksheets, courses, education, live, ask me anything. Um, and just a very, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a very, very supportive community. They're very cool people in there. So um, yeah, you can get lots of your health related shit sorted out there. Um, you can find me mostly on Facebook, but I'm also on Instagram. I am the Food Ninja, and I have a YouTube channel, Food Ninja TV, that you can. Uh, I've only recently started that, so I think there's about fifteen videos on there. I think, but there's lots of there's an interesting one about steps actually that you might want to have a look at. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and um, my dojo membership launch will be coming up. Um, before the end of the month I post most of my best content on my personal profile and I'm quite happy to accept lots of friends because I'm a Facebook whore awesome well on that note <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us today Hale. it's been brilliant having you on you've, uh, you've left us some great advice um I will just say that when I release these episodes I tend to do like a 60 second clip that I, I put mm-hmm. out I'm trying I think a 60 seconds where you didn't say the word fuck Um, sorry it may be it may be a 15 second clip this time (laughs) but but no thank you for coming on it's been brilliant to have you it's been a pleasure and well done on the podcast I'm really I've been very excited to see um how it's grown in the past couple of weeks really I think hasn't it It's sort of got very popular very quickly which is good news and lovely to see that you are um implementing all your healthy habits so much that you have time and energy to do all this extra shit as well that's a a really valid point um yeah previously i wouldn't have been able to do this i wouldn't have had the energy i wouldn't have had the focus or concentration so yes i am uh, uh 
a product of food ninja mastery. <gasps> Hashtag ninja for life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for today. It's been brilliant. Um, and uh, words to that effect. Thank you. So big thank you again to Haley for joining us on today's episode. Uh, I'm sure you got a lot from that. I know I did, just not just from this episode. As you know from listening, I've worked with Haley previously. She had a massive impact on me physically, emotionally, and mentally as well. I'm in a much better place for working with her. And even if you just take on board the tips she's provided you with today, you'll probably find an improvement in your health as well. However, as always, there'll be some links in the show notes so you can go follow her. I suggest that you do, whether that's on Instagram or Facebook or go follow her YouTube page. Go get stuck into some good old Haley Field goodness. And we are now heading over to Chris Benstead to get the latest news update from the DITC. Hello, I'm Chris Benstead from the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, the DITC, the signposting point for the driver training industry. So for today's instructor podcast, we are going to be reviewing the most recent email from the DVSA, and it's announcing that they are returning to seven days testing. That's taking us back to the levels of testing that were being carried out before the pandemic. Uh, in addition to that, they're also offering examiners overtime and they are you know, potentially running extra days each week. So they reckon that's going to give them an increase in capacity of between 15,000 and 20,000 tests a month. So hopefully that's going to eat some of the way into this backlog that we're all faced with and the difficulty in finding tests which are convenient and adequately timed for our pupils. So these tests will be available from the 9th of June. So they are already rolling out, but are being released on a gradual basis. And uh, we're going to see an increase of those over the next few weeks. The on hold facility, however, is being removed. So any appointments that are on hold come the 31st of August will be cancelled and refunded. So if you have a pupil whose test is on hold, then make sure that they are finding a booking or at least aware of the fact. Now, they have been written to by the DBSA, so they should be aware anyway. Just make sure that that process is being managed. What that's possibly going to cause is people booking tests outside of areas. And the problem that I see with this is that the more people that are booking tests that they are not going to take is taking away from the people that need tests that they are ready to take. I think it's a really difficult one. You, you Looking at it as, as, a, as an individual, um, that pupil wants to guarantee themselves the test. So they see one available and they think, right, I'll book it and I'll hope that I'm going to be ready. And if I'm not ready, I'll push it back. We hope they listen to us. Um, but that then causes part of this problem that we're fighting against because it takes away the test from those that need it. So... You know, I think everybody's got to think long and hard about what's going to work best for them. I know some areas of the country, ourselves included, local instructors are doing a cracking job of switching tests between themselves and uh, you know, uh, micromanaging things to try and make sure that nothing goes to waste and we're getting those slots filled and used. So, you know, 
Others are using test cancellation services, which are a double-edged sword as it is. But you know, we are all doing our best to make the best of what's available from the DVSA. And hopefully this return to a full diary of testing, plus the overtime and buyback of holiday that the DVSAs have done, uh, will, will hopefully cause some kind of release um, and, and relief on this queue that we, we are continuing to be faced with. Uh, something else that they are doing is bringing back the three-day cancellation, three working day short notice cancellation for the test. So that's back to the you know, back to standard practice um, for 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 us. We know what that means. Now they are saying that candidates cannot take the driving test when they have here's the list: any coronavirus symptoms, high temperature fever, continuous cough, it's a new continuous cough, change or loss of smell or taste from normal. If they've been asked to isolate by the NHS test and trace uh, service in the last 14 days, if they are awaiting results of a COVID test or have had a positive test in the last seven days, if they have visited a school, college or other building that's been closed due to COVID uh, outbreak in the last seven days, if they live with someone who has either tested positive for COVID-19 or had symptoms of COVID-19 in the last 14 days. So obviously this is going to cause some short notice cancellations. Um, the system in place for these cancellations is that they need to email customer services at dvsa.gov.uk as soon as possible, and that they will help them look for the earliest possible appointment once they finish self-isolating, if they are in that process. This is starting the three working days uh, notice period is starting from the 17th of June. If this happens, then they need to send that email with a subject line in capital letters saying COVID short notice cancellation and send that as early as possible. Um, they may be asked for evidence. You know, that's going to be a challenging one if it's just symptoms. Uh, do they want them to cough down the phone? Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sure they're being realistic about it and doing what they can. I do think that you know, we're having locally, we're having reported double figures every week of tests that aren't going out because people are just not turning up. So, you know, I think it's needed. I think it's important. Um, if your pupil cancelled the test within the three working days um, or fails to turn up to the test, they will lose their test fee unless they can provide COVID related evidence. So it is only the COVID. Uh, tests that will be um, allowed to cancel inside of that three days. So a positive to finish on, or hopefully, um, in certain areas of the country, including the southeast, that's the one that they named particularly, they are still looking for some driving examiner recruitment. Uh, so if this is something that interests you, what they're looking at doing is making use of uh, what they're referring to as experienced driving assessors to qualify as driving examiners on a, on a short-term basis. So this is obviously not the usual recruitment process. They've done that and people you know, either haven't applied or haven't had suitable candidates. So they're looking at a different way of doing it. 
I'm wondering whether they're looking to Rosper and IAM or whether they're looking towards Diamond, the DIA examiners, um, as they have an have experience of examining um, and, and doing that, which, which is different. You know, having been through examiner training myself through Diamond, it is a very different approach and you do view things differently. It was really good. I recommend it to all instructors, you know, tackle something where you are put in that seat as an examiner and you have to make those judgment calls. The standards aren't as high as we have as instructors. They are, it's much more, is it a fault? And, you know, it has to be looked at in that way. Um, we look at a big picture. They don't, they look at individual things. It's well worth it. The other thing that um, hopefully will come back soon is people being able to take a trip to Cardington uh, DBSA Training Centre to have a look at how examining is taught and, and what, they're, what they're trained to do. Uh, if you get a chance to do that, thoroughly recommend it. But in light of this you know, opportunity, if you have an experienced driving assessor's background, then it might be something for you. It might mean, I don't know, but it might mean you don't have to give your badge up in the same way. Um, you know, then it could be that there are going to be allowances put in place that mean you'll be less affected by, by that process. Um, particularly if it's, you know, uh, Rosper examiners or, or that side of things. Maybe that's how things are gonna work. So we'll watch this space. They're gonna let us know. They're gonna send an email out. I hope that with my you know, in my heart of hearts, hope that this is going to help uh, start that cascade of breaking down that test waiting list. My head is telling me there's a big job ahead and we're still treading water. So our recommendation to everybody is be sensible, make sure pupils are ready, are going to go and pass. Um, speak to colleagues about doing mock tests and, and try to just best prep them for that process so that the nerves don't get in the way so much so that they know what to expect. And hopefully between ourselves and the efforts of the DBSA, we'll be able to do something because I know it is a gut wrencher for instructors at the moment, having to turn work away, having to turn the ability to help people away when it's what we do we're, we're problem solvers we we like that as instructors it's a common trait and unfortunately you know this situation means that there aren't enough of us and uh you know we're, we're having to help those that we can don't feel guilty um you know do what you can help where you can we're all plodding on through it and Potentially, it sounds silly. You know, you've only got so much room in your diary. But I keep speaking to instructors. The DITC, you know, has a lot of instructors phone for guidance and advice. I keep speaking to them um, where, you know, they're, they're wishing they could do more. They're used to helping. If they couldn't fit someone in, they'd find an instructor who could. And everyone's busy. So, you know, if you're not, speak to your local colleagues. I'm sure they'll help. They'll be you know, glad to assist. Uh, for whatever reason, if things have changed for you, uh, but definitely, you know, um, keep keep your chin up, keep plodding on, and uh, we'll, we'll get there some uh, in some way. So, wishing you all the best. Enjoy the lovely weather. I hope it's not too hot in in those cars. I know people have got windows open, so uh, there's a bit of a breeze coming. But uh, enjoy enjoy the summer. We always suddenly realise when it's gone, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon.
Hang on a second. Stop the press. Um, literally, as I stopped talking, there was an email came through from uh, the CEO of the DVSA, Love Day Rider. And uh, just a quick update on that, really. So it just says that you know, she's pleased that they've restarted the testing in England, Scotland and Wales. And she says that they sent a joint message out from NASP, the National Association of Strategic Partnership, um, and themselves to re-emphasise the importance of both you and your pupils wearing uh, face coverings during lessons and that they encourage uh, you and your pupils to take regular rapid lateral flow tests. So uh, she covers that and then moves on to say about what we've already discussed, uh, the future of driving tests and, and the changes that are going on. Um, making sure that you know, in, instructors are part of the loop. They are running an anonymous survey, and I'm sure that Terry will make sure that there is a link to that inside of the notes of the podcast. Uh, the survey's got to be completed by one minute to midnight on the 25th of June. So if you're a late uh, joiner to the podcast, you might miss out on that one. So make sure you're not. And uh, it takes about 10 minutes to do so. The survey you can find at www.smartsurvey.co.uk forward slash S for sugar forward slash ADI underscore restart 2021 in numbers. Uh, so have a look at that. And I'm off to fill that one in now. Uh, they also say that they're keeping safety measures under review, that they are increasing the number of appointments, as we've discussed, and that they will keep us updated directly and through NASP. So thank you to Loveday Ryder, CEO of the DBSA. I tell you what, let's have a quick look at that survey and see what they have asked. So we have an introduction. Uh, it says it should take five to ten minutes and it will close, as we know, on the 25th of June at midnight, the usual data protection stuff, but we are promised that it is an anonymous survey. Where that's in the UK, do you conduct most of your business? England, Scotland, Wales. Um, using the options below, please tell us what kind of trainer you are. Since driving lessons have been allowed to restart in 2021, which of the following best describes your business? You have stated that you are fully operational. Can you indicate how many learners you are actively training at this time? Would you say this is more or less than your pre-COVID average? We understand some ADIs currently have a waiting list for your learners. Do you? You have told us that you have a waiting list of learners. Can you say how many you have waiting to start lessons? How long do you expect to have a waiting list of learners? Thinking about the learners that you have act that you are actively training, can you say how many um, have a theory test pass? Thinking about the learners that you are actively training, can you say how many have a practical test booked? We appreciate that this may be difficult to predict, but can you estimate how many of your candidates you think are likely to be ready for their practical test in the next six months? 
DVSA would like to update and improve the advice we provide to learner drivers around the average cost of driving lessons, and we need your help to do this. Can you indicate the average price you charge for a one-hour standard lesson? Interestingly, the prices are less than £20, £21 to £30, that's a big bracket, £31 to £40, £41 to £50, £51+. We want to understand more about your experience with the DVSA communications, including before COVID-19 pandemic. How useful did do you find the following communication channels to get news and updates from the DVSA? Please select those that apply. We would also like you to understand how we can better communicate with you in the future. Which of the following channels are you most interested in using? Are you aware that the DVSA publishes the DL25 marking sheet for driver and rider testing that you can use for mock tests? Anyone who's not aware, it's on their website. Actually, what's quite nice is they've put in a link so you can click to it via the, uh, the survey. I swear they're improving. How regularly do you use or plan to use the form to help prepare your pupils for their tests? Are you aware of our newly published top 10 reasons for failing a driving test guidance? This is the top 10 reasons that they put out there. Actually, I thought it was better than normal. They, they, it was more about you know, what they're doing wrong than just what the fault is. Um, it wasn't brilliant, but it was a dramatic improvement. Um, how regularly do you use or plan to use the guidance to help you prepare for your pupils? Well, if it's why people are failing, then why would you not use it in some way? Um, you know, it, it guides us at least. Uh, how useful is this guidance? I can't bring myself to put extremely useful. Um, and they want to know, uh, can you please explain your answer? Are you aware of our newly published driving test results guidance? Have you encouraged your pupils who fail to read the driving test results guidance? How regularly will you use the guidance to help pupils who fail their driving test to prepare for their next one? Um, how useful is this guidance? Finally, please let us know if you have any further comments about the issues raised in this survey. So that box is going to take me a while to fill in. So I'm going to leave you to it. Stay safe. And if you get a chance to fill in the survey, at least they can't say we didn't respond. So thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you click subscribe wherever you're listening so that the next one will drop straight into your podcast feed. If you want to get in touch with the show, head over to tcdrive.co.uk. You can get in touch with me by any method over there. And remember, let's just keep raising standards and stay safe. Thank you.